eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right. Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time. Uh, frustrating day. For Tennessee time, perhaps a frustrating month, frustrating year for everyone time. Let's just go with frustration time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a Saturday afternoon. Got across town in parts unknown. The uh, undisclosed location is what we're going to call it. Got the one and the only Patrick Brown. And Pat, uh, first off, before we get into this, how you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing well last, you know, uh, it's September the 5th. Tennessee was supposed to be playing a football game today. uh, And instead, you and I are both writing about how Tennessee couldn't even have a scrimmage today because of uh, COVID-19 reasons. So if that doesn't sum up year 2020, uh, I don't know what does. Yeah, we just had someone on the – we have a thread on GoBoss 24-7's checkerboard uh, right now, which is, you know, talking about comparing like if 2020 were an athlete, what would it be? Right now, I've got Super Dave Osborne as my contender. Uh, for that might be an older reference for some people out there. For some of you tots out there, you might not get that one. But uh, somebody you know. put Ryan Leaf on there. Ooh, yeah. Whereas you were expecting a something big, you know, everybody's excited. I mean, Wes, you and I rang in this new year together back uh, down in Jacksonville. We sure uh, did, that, didn't we? That seems like it was 14 years ago now. That's true. weren't we? Uh, we were ce- weren't we celebrating with the uh, with the new season of Letterkenny? I believe. I believe we were. Yeah, the uh, and it's it's interesting now that we're sitting here on September fifth when we should be talking about Tennessee having a football game. Uh, you know, it should be you and I sitting here uh, from Neyland Stadium right now. You know, recapping or or talking about a Tennessee game right now. We should be having our travel podcast equipment out. We should be sitting there in the press box there and uh, one of the coaches' boxes wherever we can get a, a quiet spot after the game and, and recording a podcast there. We are not. We are talking about a Tennessee team that went to Neyland Stadium on Saturday uh, but could not even scrimmage because let, let's get this information out here. Uh, and, Pat, it was a good idea for you to remind me to write these down. Tennessee wanted to practice or scrimmage today, but it could not because 44 players were not available for practice. So, basically, that is – almost half of the football team uh that that's could, a two deep right there yeah that that could not practice we don't know exactly who it was who it wasn't but we can tell you 44 players were out only seven to eight active cases of COVID 19 
the other 27 or 28 were all out because of quarantine issues. Um, right now, 48 players have been quarantined at least at some point. There have been four players who have now had to quarantine twice. And I, I got to tell you, Pat, I, if Tennessee had to play a game today, I don't know that Tennessee could have played. I mean, maybe it could have, but it, it would have been a shell of a team out there. Well, that's the thing is, you know, Brewitt was pretty open uh, talking to us on Zoom Saturday saying, I'm, I'm glad we didn't have a game today because we wouldn't have beaten anybody. Uh, and who knows if they would have been able to play anyway. Um, and it was interesting. Um, Lane Kiffin uh, at Ole Miss said earlier in the week, I'm not sure if it was on the Feinbaum show or where it was, um, but he said he heard from two SEC coaches that said, hey, if, if the season was starting Saturday, we couldn't play a game. Uh, and I think we now know that Tennessee is one of those teams because they couldn't even have a scrimmage. Uh, Bruce said that they had planned to pre- uh, planned to have a scrimmage on Wednesday. Then they pushed it back uh, to Saturday, uh, and then they just had a, a, a sort of a regular practice. Now they do a lot of eleven on eleven work. They do a lot of situational stuff. Um, they're they're doing the best they can with with the hand that they've been dealt. Um, but uh, the the sense I got from Pruitt on Zoom is he was just kind of throwing his hands up in the air. Um, and and we should point this out. Uh, Tennessee, this isn't a situation where Tennessee has a, I would say a COVID outbreak on the team. I don't think that seven, eight, uh, on a team of 105, 120, whatever it is. I don't know if that qualifies. I don't know what percentage that is. I'm not a math major. Um, it's more the contact tracing and the quarantine that that's keeping guys out. Um, uh, so, and, and Peru was, Brew was straight up. You asked him, Wes, and he, in his answer to you, he said, "I don't. I think my guys are are following. I think they're doing what they're supposed to do." Um, he he didn't make it sound like this was a situation where guys are out at bars, at restaurants, partying. There, you know, this isn't one of those situations. It, it, they're being hit by the absences due to guys in quarantine. Um, and to have what was it, forty-eight guys have had to quarantine? Yes, forty-eight. Uh, and this is all within the last two months because Tennessee didn't have any COVID cases uh, when the team got back through the first month. It was when they uh, the team got a week, eight days off in around the 4th of July and came back. That's when they had the majority of their 23 tests. They had some tests recently over the past two weeks uh, with students coming back to campus Um, and and 48 guys, even if that's, if you, even if you're including uh, uh, walk-ons in there, that's almost half your roster. So half of your roster uh, over the past two months has had to sit out 14 days. No, that means no practice, no training. I mean, that if that's a lot of your freshman class, those guys are really far behind. Um, you know, with the season three weeks away. So uh, that's really detrimental. It's really frustrating. Um, and, and and you can sort of sense the frustration from, from Pruitt today and talking about how they've just sort of, you know, had their had their hands tied up because they, you know, they haven't been able to, to have a lot of these guys practice. And it sounds like this has been uh, going on really since last week, since they since they canceled that practice on, on Friday of last week. They've practiced, what, four times since then, Wes? Uh, that sounds correct. Yes. And, and so, you know, the, this, they've been shorthanded now for, for a while and they might be shorthanded for, uh, a few more days, a few more practices. Uh, and Pruitt even said today that, you know, they get 25 practices allotted. They may get 20 to 22. So that is, uh, less than ideal. Um, so if you're looking at the big picture of the situation, the good news is that Tennessee doesn't have a lot of guys with COVID, right? It's, it's, it's health and safety of the players first and foremost. It correct. doesn't sound like, uh, it's a big, widespread half the team has it um we don't know about who's symptomatic asymptomatic all that stuff um 
But the bad news is probably just about everything else about the situation, if we're being entirely honest. Yeah, it's – and here's – I think Pruitt was really – you could tell he was frustrated. I think he did a really nice job of holding his composure. Uh, and I, I think he was very candid about everything. And, and that, yeah. that is something that what I'm, what I, I don't know if worry is the right word here, but something I think we need to be cognizant, cognizant of here. And I, and I don't know that everyone w- will be cognizant of this uh, because you have a lot of agendas on this thing on both sides. We all know that we're not getting into it, but we all know that there are, uh, there are, this is not just sports involved here, and it's complex, and and we don't need to go there. But let's just let's just throw that out there that that we need to be cognizant of the fact that Tennessee was very transparent about this, and I think what I'm concerned about is that we don't have perspective on it because I don't know who else throughout the league and throughout college football is being this candid about it. So I think I, I just I don't want this to be a situation where Tennessee gets criticized or put in a bad light because it's actually doing the right thing. And I, I, agree I don't, with you. you know, I, I don't know that. You know, here's the thing: Kiffin said one or two teams in the SEC wouldn't be able to play today. What if Tennessee wasn't one of those teams? What if there are a couple teams that actually have it worse right now than Tennessee does? We don't know that. There are some places where they're just not saying a lot and. Hey, that's their decision. But what they want to say and what they don't want to say, you, you can't really hold a, hold hold their feet to the fire and make them say it. You know, this isn't like a KGB interrogation. You know, we're not we're we're not gonna we're not gonna be able to get everything out of everyone. But I, I just I think that that Tennessee right now is being incredibly open about this, which I think is very admirable. Other than that, that time around the July Fourth holiday, Tennessee got really kind of oddly vague there. Other than that, Tennessee's been so upfront about this entire situation from the beginning, and I think that's really important. But I don't know that everyone else is doing that, and, and I, I don't know, for instance, and Pruitt mentioned this also, Pat, we don't know – we have to go and research what the COVID protocols are for every city and county that are in the SEC – because Tennessee right now is going by exactly what the CDC says, exactly what the Knox County Health Board says, exactly what the city of Knoxville says, exactly what the campus tells it to do. So Tennessee's got like four people it's got to report to at least on this, and they are strictly adhering to that. And I don't know what the rules are everywhere else. Yeah, that, and, and that's the right move, Wes. And, and to, to your point, um, you know, we've seen it at other places. Uh, and again, I, I don't, I don't, read maybe as much as I should, but I know Auburn has had a lot of guys out. Yeah, um, that's, that's true. I think Gus Malzahn said today that they've had the last two rounds of testing have had zero positives, which is a, a big and positive deal for them. Uh, I know they were limited on how much they could practice. Um, I think we've seen LSU was down to like four offensive linemen at one point mm-hmm. um, for, for, for reasons like that. Uh, Ole Miss, I think, had a freshman who was a wide receiver who they moved him to safety. And then like the next day he was in the starting lineup or he's in the, he was with the first team running – uh, at safety just because that's who they had um so this is not um this is not isolated to tennessee this is not um something that only tennessee is dealing with uh and, and prove mentioned it. you touched on uh the differences from from state to state to county to county i mean even within the state you know they're playing high school football here in knox county they're not playing high school football in, in davidson county over in nashville they're not playing high school football um at least those school systems aren't, we should say. The private schools still are uh, in Shelby County and Memphis. So th- these rules are different. And maybe, um, you know, quarantine rules are different, being applied differently in different places. Uh, maybe 
uh, depending on the contact tracing, you know, degrees of contact, if you will, degrees of separation depends on, you know, determines who sits out or who has to isolate and how long you have to isolate for. So, um, and, and so that, you know, Tennessee is doing the right thing. They may get some criticism for it. Some people may jump to conclusions and just see headlines and say, oh, they got a bunch of players that are out doing what they shouldn't do. Um, and, and, you know, those kind of things. So that's, that's not the case. Tennessee is trying to follow the guidelines. And uh, I like what you said about Pruitt being transparent um, and being open with it. And uh, and it being open with it, he's just like, I, I don't know what else I can do, guys. I'm trying to get my team ready. I've got three weeks to get ready for South Carolina. I don't know. And that's just going to be the nature of the season for everybody. You don't know on a week-to-week basis who's going to be available, uh, who you're going to have. Um, and, and so – uh, it's going to be a test for everybody. And as Pruitt mentioned, it's kind of new territory for everybody because nobody's ever been through a season like this. Yeah. And there are layers to this. Uh, and, and what I, what I mean by that is that, you know, say what you will about some of the experts on this and what they got right, what they didn't get right. You know, I, you have to admit, I think everyone, if we're being honest here has to admit they hit it right on the head with what was going to happen. The second kids came back to campuses at the college level. This is why the SEC pushed the season back. That's why they're yes. not playing today and not playing for three more weeks. They knew that as soon as these kids got on campus, you were going to have basically a walking Petri dish. That's what you were going to have. And you've been to college, right? I mean, we, mo- people who are listening to this, I, I assume majority have been to college and at least for a while. And you know when you get there, you know it's the first time you're away from home uh, for, for an extended period of time unless you went to a boarding school or something. You want to go out and you want to do stuff, right? You want to go out and meet people. You know, I was trying to meet every girl I could meet. You know what I mean? Like, that's what you do you're, when you're, you're that like age. Bill, you're like Bill Murray in, in Zombieland. You like to get out and do stuff. Yeah. I mean, you you have to get out and do stuff. And that's what you feel like you, you have to do. And they knew that as soon as these kids came to campus, this was exactly what was going to happen. And that's why I was trying to argue from the beginning that you just needed to have can't you know if you wanted to play college football and you wanted to for sure be able to do it you had to have off-campus classes you could not let a bunch of kids on these campuses but when you say things like that the other side of that is that i'm going to tell you how the economics of these colleges work guys if you don't have enrollment numbers and you don't have room and board you don't have money you don't have money (laughs) which means you don't have a school so you have to get kids enrolled in school and if a whole bunch of kids are saying I'm only going to enroll if I can go there in person, which some kids have done, then you have to let them, you know, you have to make a decision there. And it is a brutal decision to make. There is no easy way around this. When these kids came back to campus, this was going to happen. So now here it is. And and now what I don't know, Pat, and I think what a lot of people don't know, or a lot of people are probably smarter than me, but what I'm sitting here wondering is, is this going to be, a cycle that can't be broken in, you know, in the next few months, you know, is this going to be a deal? Cause we've seen this now look at, you know, Tennessee is supposed to open the season in South Carolina, September 26th, right? They, at one point this week, I haven't seen the newest numbers from today, but I know at one point this week, they had 1,017 active cases just in the student body. That's not quarantine. Uh, Tennessee or South Carolina, South Carolina. Yeah, that is not, it was 1,017 and that's not people in quarantine. That is active cases. Alabama was up to like 1800 plus, I think. Yes. And 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 then you had the situation where and this is where you're going to see kids being college kids when they tried to set, shut down the city of Columbia, a bunch of the kids went to a bar that was just outside the city limits because there weren't 
protocols in place there and they could go to bars there and then cops had to go and shut it down. College kids are going to do what college kids are going to do. And now you're in the situation where you have to figure out logistically how can you make this a season? How can you keep it from where you've got half of your team quarantined at any point? And we talked about this, Pat, I'm going to throw it over to you too because we talked about this in the summer, right? We talked about what's going to happen if you have like an offensive lineman get this because you have offensive linemen who are big guys. It's hard to socially distance in a room with offensive linemen, guys. They're big guys. You're seeing seeing Darnell Wright, Trey Smith walking around. Try socially distancing yourself from that. These guys are massive. And you're in a situation now where, you know, they're in rooms together throughout the day. You know, they're sitting there banging on each other throughout the day in practice. They're hitting the same pads. They're doing things. At what point do you not have – a team that can play because the big 12 came out with the rule that said, you know, you got to have 53 players. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. That was going to be my point is that that there's going to have to be guidelines set. Um, And I don't know that the sec is, is in a point where it can say, all right, here are the contact tracing guidelines. Here is how long guys have to quarantine, what the protocols are for guys that they test positive or come into contact. If you're a roommate of a guy who tests positive, for example, things like that. So, uh, but as you mentioned, the big 12 came out, the sec has not done this yet to my knowledge, but the big 12 came out, I think on Friday and said, here are the minimum roster requirements. Basically you have to have uh, 53 players available, which is the NFL rule. Um, and this is including walk-on. So it's not just scholarship players. Um, the minimum threshold for, uh, if you go under this threshold, you can't play a game. Um, it's 53 players on the roster, seven offensive linemen, four interior defensive linemen and one quarterback. That's where you're at. I mean that, and that's wouldn't, you know, it, wouldn't it be two quarterbacks? That's what I don't understand. You would think well, that, that what happens if that quarterback gets hurt? Well, I mean <laughs> like, that's the thing. I mean, it, it, you know, NFL teams a lot of times only have two quarterbacks available uh, on game days. So, um, but maybe maybe the SEC needs to confer with the NFL and and, and kind of get some of those numbers if you're going to go with the 53 man number. Um, and you know, we we you know we're covering our SEC program. We hear that you know what other leagues are doing is kind of notable. Like we kind of pay attention to it, but sure, you're like, eh, that doesn't really affect me. Then now it's like, okay, <laughs> now it does. I mean, I mean that that's that's just that's the territory that Tennessee's in right now. Um, and uh, there's still three weeks left. You know, it, it, it's 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 uh, Pruitt and his staff have their work cut out for him. Um, I don't envy the job that they have. Um, and you kind of feel for them because it, you know, you, you you tell your players to do the right thing in uncertain terms. We heard a lot from you know a few uh, players early on in the preseason how they were going to police other guys, um, and even if you are, you know, it just takes one or two guys to get it. And then, as you mentioned, as we talked about with position groups, um, you know, you're, you're you know one positive or two positives wipes out half your half your offensive line, half your wide receivers. I think those are the positions that have been. Uh, hit the hardest. I knew those guys were going to be shorthanded. Um, those two position groups this week. I didn't know that they would be without 44 guys. I was a little. I did not. Um, I did not estimate that that amount being absent. But uh, that's where Tennessee is, and um, they they have to try to make the most of this situation. And that's kind of what Pruitt said. He kind of, if you were summing up his uh, his post game Zoom conference in a in a sentence, it would be a shrug of the shoulders. We're doing what we can. Uh, I don't know what else to do. Yeah, and they're in a situation now where, you know, if you find 
I don't want to paint with too broad a brush here, but but I I think I've I've experienced enough in life, and I think most of us have to to know that if you take go go find the entire population of the world, males age eighteen to twenty one, right, and go pick five of them at random. I guarantee you, you're going to find one idiot in there. I guarantee you, you are because. I was a guy that age. I know a lot of guys who were that age, <laughs> and I you're, know you're still kind of an idiot. Basically, yeah. I mean, basically, there, there's no question about it. So what 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 you've got here is it is so hard to get everyone to do everything the right way all the time, and even if they do, someone else can ruin it. And I think what this should be clear now. I think there was a lot of hope that people had that you know what it's been a really crappy summer. You know, but but now there's going to be a season. It's going to be different. But you know, the guys will get on campus. They'll they'll get to practicing. Then there'll be a, a season. And it'll look kind of like normal. No, get that thought out of your head. Nothing about this is going to look normal. Nothing about it is. If it does happen, it's not going to be normal. And I, I think you just kind of have to at this point hope for the best, and you have to appreciate whatever it is you're able to see, because you will not be able to see. Like, whoever might be the best team in college football this season, we will probably never know who that was. We, we won't, because you don't know who was able to practice, who was able to actually have freshmen that, you know, had time to get ready to play. How do you know, you know, if a team loses for a big game, three or four of its best offensive linemen, you're never going to know at the end of this season who the best team was. So just go out there, play the best that you can, with what you've got and try to enjoy it. I mean, is there a better way to do it? Because I, if, if there is, I'm all ears. Well, I mean, we're, you know, I got a, I do have college football on my TV right now. I, I'm watching uh, my beloved Smoo is taking on Texas state. Smoo is SMU, by the way. Yes. Uh, if you haven't followed our game picks in the past, um, some teams are being able to do this. I mean, central Arkansas has played two games already. Um, now they did a, they did an interesting thing where they, they played in Montgomery against Austin P. Then they went to Birmingham and, and bubbled for a week to play UAB on Thursday night. So, um, you know, some teams are getting away with this and they're, they're, they're not getting away with it. I shouldn't say it like that. Some teams are, are making it happen. Yeah. Um, that's a good way to put it. And, and getting the job done. But then you have, you know, speaking of SMU, their game against TCU next weekend is, is off now because TCU. So, uh, had to postpone it due to COVID stuff. So that's just going to, ha- how it's going to be. And, you know, it, it's, it's going to be sort of a, I don't want to say a day to day season, but it's just going to be, it, it's going to be the, you know, that's week that, to week. I, I, I think day to day is even better because there'll be times where you just don't know. I mean, cause they're going to be t- testing them. I think the SEC said it was going to be testing maybe two times a week. Tennessee's going to test three times a week. Well, the SEC, the, it, it's medical task force said minimum two. And then they suggest, they recommended that, uh, they they do a third test closer to the game time. Basically, I don't know if they'll test Friday night. I don't know if they'll test Saturday morning before a team goes to the stadium. Uh, it, it, it's literally going to be a week-to-week thing. I mean, I, I have people, you know, friends and family ask me, hey, you're going to be going to the game in South Carolina? And I'm like, I have no idea. I don't know if they're going to let visiting media at all. I don't, I, you know, it's just, it's all, it's all up in the air. I mean, it's going to be literally, uh, you know, they won't have a fall walk, but maybe we should, you know, maybe when I, if I'm covering games this fall, that I'll just be posted up where the team enters and seeing like, okay, it'll be a little, it'll be a literal check, you know, take and, take and roll. Who's here, who's not, who's going to be playing. I mean, it's going to be from a week to week basis. Um, it's just going to be so unpredictable and so up in the air. Um, and it's just, it's going to be, it's going to be wild. But if there's football on TV, I think a lot of people will be 
uh, happy. And again, the important thing is, is that even if Tennessee has some COVID cases and has some guys sitting out for quarantine, as long as everybody is healthy and safe, then I, I don't, you know, I, I think that's all you can ask for this at this point. And I think we're, what we're going to do here is we're, we're in the second segment of this episode, we're, we're going to play in, in full the, the Pruitt presser from today that just ended just, you know, Pruitt, Pruitt presser ended maybe an hour or so ago. We're going to, we're going to get to all that and play it. But before we do that, I guess, Pat, we should mention before we get you out of here, just a couple of the football notes, the actual football notes that came from today. It, it, it seemed like, um, uh, in general, Pruitt's stance was that uh, offense, pretty good. Defense, not where he wants it to be. Is that fair? Uh, I, I might be putting it nicely, Wes. I mean, he, he pretty much called out the defensive line. Um, and I don't know if that's just, you know, if that's a sign of them getting pushed around. You know, this is offensive line is supposed to be pretty good. Um, and maybe they are making the defensive line look bad. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> Which, it's possible. And, and that's going to that's gonna bother um, a guy like Jeremy Pruitt, who's a defensive-minded coach. Uh, so, and, and, you know, expectations were high for Tennessee's defense fund. You know, there's been some rumors we've, you know, we've had to address them on our board about, uh, you know, a couple defensive linemen maybe thinking about not playing the season. Aubrey Solomon, Daryl Middleton. I don't think it's any secret. I think we can talk about them here, Wes. Sure. Uh, they've yeah, been practicing. I, I, I don't know that I would put them in the, uh, starting lineup at this point, but at this point, I don't know who Tennessee would put in their starting lineup on the defensive line either. I don't think they know because clearly they're not getting the kind of play that they want out of that group. Probably Bumpus and Butler uh, would be in there. I, I imagine um, those would be guys that that Pruitt has. You know, uh, they may not be all world players, but they're solid players and they're guys who he appreciates the kind of hard hat mentality they bring every day to work. So they might be guys who are in there. Uh, but then you talk about, you know, on the outside too, you know, they're not getting as, as much pass rush as they want. Yeah, that's and, been and, a problem as well. And, and and is that, again, is that a product of an offensive line that's big, experienced, and talented, and now a senior quarterback who, according to quarterbacks coach Chris Winkie and offensive coordinator Jim Chaney. And a, himself. A guy who is <laughs> operating at a high level right now. And maybe he's getting rid of the ball quicker. Maybe he's processing things, uh, you know, really quickly. Maybe he's getting the ball out of his hand. Maybe he's making the right decisions. And if you're protecting pretty well, too, maybe that's making Tennessee's pass rush look worse than it is. Uh, but you don't, you don't have Daryl Taylor there. You know, everyone knows that. That's a huge question mark going into the season. And, and now you're seeing, uh, I think on the back end, I think he's mostly okay with those guys. Maybe not overwhelmed by them, but I think he's been – you know, I don't know. I don't want to say satisfied because he's never satisfied, but I think he's much more concerned the closer you get to the line of scrimmage there. Yeah. And a couple of the notes you, you mentioned, um, Lenith Whitehead, you know, earlier in the week, Pruitt said that both T Hodge and Jabari small, it's small, not smalls. Yeah. <laughs> Pruitt will probably call him smalls for the rest of his career. Well, he still says Carlin feels aims. So, you know, just uh, do, so, you, you got to do what you got to uh, do. Uh, but they seem pretty pleased with those guys. When Pruitt said that, I think that was after Tuesday's practice. Everybody's like, oh, where's Laneith Whitehead? He's still working his way back from a foot injury. Um, and, and he told uh, he told you back in, I think, June, Wes, that it, it could take a year. Um, Especially because the COVID stuff put him back on rehab. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and so he he's still, you know, Tennessee is not panicked about him. They, Pruitt said Saturday that they kind of knew what, the, what they were dealing with. They knew his injury situation. Uh, and they hope to get him back going full go in practice the next three or four weeks. And and, and you could play him later in the season. Again, everybody's got a free uh, free year eligibility. So true. Um, if And he and, might and, have to play later in the yeah, season for all we that, know. That's the thing. I mean, you may get to mid-November and half your backfield is in quarantine. And, you know, Lenny Whitehead has to get 25 carries against Arkansas for all we know. 
Um, but he said, you know, there's no point in like holding him back or not playing him the season because you may need him and, and there's no penalty for it anyway. So, uh, and the other thing is Brian Mauer has been slowed a little bit by hamstring injury. Chris Winky mentioned that uh, earlier in the week as well. Um, and that's only seemed to push JT Shroud further and further into that number two spot. Yeah, because Mauer's legs are so important to his game. Yeah, and, and he's not been able to go through team stuff. And obviously Harrison Bailey has had some good moments uh, when Bailey knows what he's doing and knows knows the scheme, knows the play. He, he's letting it rip pretty good, but uh, he's just he's still playing catch up. Uh, but again, that's just this nature of the season. All these guys are going to have to be ready from from your number one player, from your best player to your number five, 105 player, uh, the walk on that made the team in tryouts in the spring. I mean, that's just that's where you're going to have to be. I mean, it's going to be all hands on deck um, all season long. And uh, if you're Tennessee and you're Jeremy Pruitt, you're just hoping that this situation where you have, you know, 44 guys out, just you hope it it, it too shall pass and you can get to a point where uh, you can go and, and at least be competitive and and. Uh, see what you can make happen on Saturdays. Yeah, an optimist would suggest that perhaps Brian Maurer could use, you know, a tweaked hamstring as an opportunity to sharpen the other parts of his game um, because that's something that maybe could help him later because when he gets that athleticism 100% back, maybe he's, you know, become better in the pocket and done some things during that time. So, you know, you never really know. They've, they've got a long way to develop. It's a free season. There's lots of things going on. It's crazy. Pat, is there anything else before before we – uh, before I let you step out of here, is there anything else f- from from today or from the past couple of days that have gotten your attention? Uh, nah, I mean, this has been the big, you know, this is the big story right now. I mean, everybody, you know, we, we talked to a few assistant coaches. We talked to Jake Garantando uh, earlier this week. Uh, we've had a lot of, uh, of their comments and, and stories about what they said. Uh, those three coaches were T. Martin, Shelton Felton, who's an interesting story to me, how he's quickly gone from a high school coach to yeah, uh, coaching at this level. Uh, you did touch on the pass rush. The the consistent theme we've heard from uh, from him and Derek Ansley is you know is a by committee approach there. They might play a lot of guys. They're, they've worked a couple of guys over there with JJ Peterson and John Mincy moving over to outside linebacker. Uh, so it still seems like they're searching for uh, answers there. Clearly now they're looking for answers on the defensive front as well. So um, yeah, it's just you know, three weeks out from the season. There's a lot going on and uh, there's a lot of uncertainty. And uh, Tennessee's just trying to manage it the best they can to get ready to to play. Uh, a, a what's going to be an unforgiving schedule and an, and an unusual season. That's true, Pat. I think that's really true. So what we're going to do is we're going to step out of here, guys. Uh, I'm going to let Pat go, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to we're going to uh, hear a little bit from Jeremy Pruitt, just hear his press conference in full, because I'm, I'm a big believer in that, that, that when we can play a full press conference, you can hear everything in context. That way you can decide for yourself. We're not having to be the middleman there. You can just hear it all and you can sort of decide for yourself. So, Pat, man, I hope you appreciate that, or uh, not appreciate it. I know you appreciate it. I hope you enjoy the rest of your Saturday. I'm going to go watch Smoo, West. There you go. boy. Thanks, Pat. Go Smoo. Bye. <laughs> Guys, we will be back in just one second, and we're going we're gonna to hear from Jeremy Pruitt after we hear from some uh, advertisers and products and services and those fun things. Be right back. Hashtag ad. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products and services and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a let's call it a, a late Saturday afternoon, early Saturday evening, whichever you prefer, kind of right in that time where you can call it either one. Uh, before we go to this Jeremy Pruitt interview, though, I will remind you, please go in there and hit that subscribe button on this podcast feed. We appreciate everyone who's listening. We know we can see the numbers. We know how many of you are listening. We're growing every week. It's really fun to be a part of this. We're happy to do this for free. But one thing that we're going to ask for is please go in there, please hit the subscribe button, please rate, and please review this podcast. And especially if you're on Apple Podcasts, go in there, and uh, if you got a question for us uh, in the podcast, go ahead and ask it in there. Uh, if you got something that you'd like to hear us talk about or something that you want us to dive into or try to dive into, go in there in that Apple Podcast feed and drop it in there while you're giving your rating and reviewing. Uh, we also, if, if we do some merch later on, uh, which we're hoping that we'll be able to do later, we'll, we'll probably do some some giveaway type stuff on there. So please go in there, please rate, please review, and uh, you know what? Just be honest with us. We, uh, we demand honesty of the people we cover, and uh, if you want to be honest about us too, we're, we welcome that. We, uh, we want to get better every day, right? As a former Tennessee football coach who shall remain nameless always said, uh, get 1% better every day. You know what, though? Let's go ahead. Let's try to be 10% better every day. We can do 10 times as well as that, can't we? Let's do that. Uh, guys, as we mentioned in the first segment of this episode, Patrick Brown and I talked about everything Jeremy Pruitt said. Uh, we talked about it, and now you're actually going to hear it from him. I think it's important to to hear things in full context. That way you can hear full questions. You can hear full answers. You can decide for yourself. You don't have to have us be the middleman and interpret these things. You can hear it for yourself, and you can think for yourself, uh, and you can listen for yourself and come up with your own opinions. So without further ado, here is Tennessee football coach Jeremy Pruitt. Yeah, you know, we had uh, slated for a scrimmage, really had one slated for Wednesday and was going to back it up to today, but we didn't scrimmage. Uh, got way too many guys out. Uh, we had 44 players that didn't practice today. Uh, so, And they hadn't practiced probably for the last three or four practices. So just didn't think that was wise to scrimmage. Um, you know, just went with a normal practice. Um, only got 30 offensive players um, that were able to practice. So really, really focused on two groups. Uh, still got a lot of situational football. Had a chance to work short yardage, uh, red area, uh, some third down. Um, you know, team moved the field. Um, so got some good work, got some good work in on special teams. So just something that we're, you know, we're going through, uh, obviously, um, as we ramp up the testing, we've had a few more positives, um, which that's going to happen. Uh, the big issue for us has been really, uh, the contact tracing. Um, and, and that's where we've had tons of players. I think to be exact, uh, to this date, we've had 48 guys, uh, that have missed at least 14 days, uh, through, through the quarantine. Um, and four of those guys have been quarantined twice. Um, so probably you're talking about 52 guys, um, you know, in that, you know, um, two of the guys that were in quarantine, um, self-reported, they were around somebody with COVID 
Um, and in the testing, they end up showing up that they had it. But, um, but the other 50 guys, uh, we've had one out of 50 that has eventually tested positive for COVID. So um, just trying to get through the, the contact tracing. And, and uh, you know, when a guy misses 14 days of practice or 14 days of training, you know, starting over and it's kind of had a cumulative effect a little bit with some, a few injuries here and there, uh, nothing severe, uh, but some guys that's had to miss some practice time. So uh, it's definitely been challenging. Uh, and, you know, we've got to continue to, to improve as a football team um, and, and um, you know, just figure out the circumstances and figure out a way to, uh, to be productive in them. We'll start with questions. We'll go to David Pascal, followed by David Oven. Hey, Jeremy, I was going to ask before you reeled off all those numbers, but if I had to ask, we're kind of at the calendar where you're halfway between the start of preseason camp and the season opener. If I had to ask your biggest concern or concern area, and I mean, obviously these numbers, you never know when they're going to spike, but is there a concern or concern area of your team that you could detect at this point? Well, we, we've had very – We've had very few COVID cases. Uh, you know, we didn't start until July. Uh, you know, that's the first time we had a COVID case. Uh, you know, so we didn't have much experience in the month of June. But with the, you know, the contact tracing and the numbers as they add up, uh, it's been very tough to prepare a team to be able to play. We get 25 practices. We'll probably end up practicing maybe 20 to 22 times. Uh you know, unless, unless we have something change over the next couple of weeks. So, um, you know, we're, we're, we're learning as we go. And as a quick follow, when does South Carolina, when do you, would you turn to them next week or would that be the week after that? When do you start implementing a little practice on them? Well, we, we've had to do a little bit um, along the way. Uh, we've got certain positions that um, we're going to rely on guys that don't have a whole lot of experience. Um, you know, so you don't know when somebody gets hit with a contact tracing and they're in quarantine for 14 days. Um, you know, there may not be physically anything wrong with them, but they may not be able to come out of quarantine to the Wednesday before the South Carolina game. So, uh, just trying to, you know, give the guys a, a little bit of the game plan, um, uh, because we're approaching it one game at a time. That's the, that's the game we're focused on. So. Uh, we, we've really kind of already started a little bit. David? Uh, Jeremy, yesterday the Big 12 uh, announced their plans. They have uh, a minimum thresholds for games to still be complete. I think they had they agreed on 53 total players. You have to have a minimum of seven offensive linemen, four interior defensive linemen, and one quarterback. Do you have any sense of what you would like to see for uh, the SEC to have a minimum threshold and, and what you would be uh, um, I mean, I don't know exactly what that would be. To me, it's, it's first of all, the safety of the kids, right? You know, when you start reducing the numbers uh, and you start getting the work, the workload that comes in preparation, you know, these guys are not professionals. Uh, they, they need to work on fundamentals, the details. Uh, they need to learn how to play. Uh, because you got guys that um, maybe have, have been in the program for four years, uh, and you got guys that just got here. So when you start lining them up beside each other and a guy goes the wrong way, that's when you get guys hurt. So, um, you know, we've really 
really tried to take advantage of our walkthroughs um, to teach the guys uh, so we can eliminate mental errors. But, um, you know, at some point you got to be able to block, you got to be able to tackle, you got to be able to secure the football, you got to be able to create turnovers. Um, that's really what football is. We'll go to Blake Topmeyer followed by Gustavo. Yeah, Jeremy, of the, of the 44 guys that didn't practice today, do you know how many of those actually have tested positive versus how many are, are in there because of quarantine rules? The, the total number? Yeah. Yeah, well, all those guys are not COVID-related. Some of those guys are, um, whether it's soft tissue injury or, um, you know, Austin Pope, uh, you know, he's got his back there. Uh, we done surgery on Tamarian McDonald. Uh, so there's Laneith Whitehead's a guy that still is recovering from his surgery. So I don't know the exact number, um, but as far as COVID related, but it's, it's, I think it's close to 27, 28 when you talk about quarantine people also. But, but I'm more meant active cases of, of COVID right now. Do you, do you know how many active cases you have on your team right now? I think it's seven or eight, Blake. Okay. Thank you. Gustavo? Uh, Brett, I'm coming here from Neyland Stadium. You were just there, you know. Uh, of course, Volok and all the stuff that were happening today, she was like a normal season. You know, why don't you remind when you're in Neyland Stadium thinking there was supposed to be a game today, but you guys still going to play, you know, you know, with your players. You know, how was the mentality of, you know, there's still going to be games, even though it's supposed to be a game today? Well, Gustavo, I'm, I'm really happy we didn't play today. We'd play today. Uh, We'd have had a hard time beating anybody. So uh, I guess that might be a blessing in itself. But and how much do you miss, you know, the fall walk, being with fans? You know, you went, you walked to the stadium, to the, you know, the uh, facility. And, you know, you remember the good times last year. Do you miss the fans? How much you miss, you know, being with the fans? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the Southeastern Conference, um, you know, the pageantry that goes with the games, uh, the fans, um, you know, the the competitiveness and in, in uh, each game, uh, even going on the road uh, is a whole lot of fun, you know. So absolutely, it's something that, you know, I love to experience. I love to be a part of. I'm thankful that I get a chance to be a part of it. But yeah, it's, uh, you know, we're, we're not doing it right now. And we're there's lots of things that are not normal right now. And, and we're all learning to uh, to adapt and, and figure out a better way. We'll go to Trey Wallace, followed by Brent Hubbs. Jeremy, can you uh, talk about at least the the quarterbacks, if what you saw out of them today? I know you're not getting a lot of work if you don't have an offensive line or whatnot to protect for the quarterbacks, but just their progression, especially uh, we spoke with Jerry Garantano yesterday, and he talked about how much confidence he has now in the playbook, and he's able to see the field a lot better. So if you could maybe talk about them just for a little bit. Well, it, it, it's frustrating when you can only practice with two groups because, you know, we have four quarterbacks. Uh, so that means two guys are not getting the reps that they need to be getting, and it's hard to develop as a football player without practicing. Uh, so that's frustrating, trying to share the reps in there. But, um, you know, we, we – we're, we've got a plan and we've continued to work that plan. And, you know, um, well, really probably the, I guess the last three practices, Brian Maurer has not done much. He's, he's, uh, 
had a little bit of a hamstring issue. So uh, the other three guys have taken the majority of the reps uh, with Jarrett taking the most, obviously. Um, but those guys continue to improve. You know, it's, it's, it's a challenging deal when you talk about the makeup of um, the offensive line and then wide receivers. Um, you know, we've already got a young group out there. Um, and when you throw in guys that possibly have to miss a, a day or two here or there, just the timing of routes, <clears throat> understanding having bust out there. So uh, something that we've continued to work hard to improve. And if I had a follow-up real quick. I, with the new testing protocols that are coming out with the SEC, and I know the problem that you ran into with, with players being out today, do you think that'll actually end up helping you getting the results back a lot quicker in a sense, and then trying to figure out how you're going to go about a game plan for a, a football weekend? Well, I think the testing protocol is the same for everybody. Uh, right. You no, know, the thing to me that that probably is not consistent, uh, and it's not it's not consistent in our state, obviously, uh, or nationally, is the the contact tracing. Um, you know, it's all based off of uh, each individual county. Uh, probably how many cases you have. Uh, they're probably a little more stricter. And hey, I'm not a doctor. We just follow the CDC guidelines, right? Uh, I'm just uh, I'm just giving you the information. So um, you know, is is Knox County the same as Davidson County? Uh, you know, they're they're playing high school football here, but they're not there. Uh, they're not in Shelby County. So um, you know, when you start talking about the different states of you know, South Carolina, Missouri, Tennessee, Alabama, Mississippi, Texas, Florida, Georgia. I mean, uh, it's, it's probably different uh, in each one of the university's locations. Brent? Coach, how would you assess kind of the, the, the mentality or the mental state of your team and, and you guys as a program, given everything you're going through? I mean, fall's supposed to be a creature of habit type time. Everybody's in a set routine. The routines are changing seemingly daily. I know everybody's dealing with it, but how do you think your team's adapting to that and how challenging is it with, with the uncertainty day to day? You know, I've really been uh, excited about our offensive unit uh, because today we had 31 offensive players that didn't practice. Um, and these guys continue to uh, play together. Uh, they play with an attitude. Um, so, you know, I, it, it, I've been excited about them. Uh, defensively, has been, to me, uh, very disappointing, uh, especially up front. Um, just lack of physicality uh, to finish. So, you know, it, it, it's something we definitely have to prove on uh, over the next three weeks. We'll go to Gentry Estes, followed by Wes Rucker. Yeah, Jeremy, um, you know, kind of following up on Brent's question there, that the, the the profession you're in, I mean, it's so organized and it's so challenging anyway. How much more difficult is your job every day now going through all this? And do you feel like in terms of preparing a team for the start of a season, this is going to – this isn't like anything you've probably ever gone through before, I have to imagine. No, I'm, I'm sure it's like that with uh, everybody in, in the world with their, with their jobs now. Uh, the circumstances of obviously they're different. We're going through a pandemic. and. Um, you know, we, there's, there's nothing to, to, I guess, kind of study the history of this. It, it's all new and, 
um, you know, the information changes daily. So uh, the circumstances around us change daily and we adapt and, and figure out the best way to help prepare our guys and give them a chance to be the best football players they can possibly be. Wes? Jeremy, when you're talking about, you know, the contact tracing and, and what where these guys can go and, and can't go, how difficult is it logistically to figure out, you know, to get these guys to understand, you know, what they can do, what they can't do? How much of a challenge is that to, to get them in safe situations, I guess? Well, I think our guys are are trying to do the right thing. Uh, you know, they're, they're aware of it. Uh, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, it, it's, if, if somebody that you live with gets it, you know, you're in quarantine, you know, and our County is the way it is. Uh, and it might be, it might be like that everywhere. I don't know. Uh, but, um, so we, we've had some of that. Um, and, but I, I don't think it's something to where, um, you know, our players are, are not being responsible. Uh, I definitely don't think that. I mean, um, you know, my kids go to school, all right? My, my three- and five-year-old go to school, um, and we put masks on every day. Um, and when I come home, you know, uh, it's hard not to be around them, you know. Uh, my mom and dad came this weekend to see their grandkids, right? Uh, my dad's a high school football coach. Uh, and I got lots of nieces and nephews that go to their house, you know. So we try to be as safe as we possibly can, but there's no guarantees, you know. So um, we're just – everybody's just learning as we go. We're doing the best that we possibly can. Last question, we'll go to Patrick Brown. Jeremy, you mentioned Laneith Whitehead. Where is he at in his recovery? I know he had the, the, the foot injury last fall. Uh, what do you expect to, to get from him this season, if anything, and kind of how is he coming along with his health? Yeah, you know, he had a significant injury, and we knew that when we signed him. Um, Laneith has really progressed very well uh, with his rehab. He's not practicing uh, as far as full-speed reps. He's doing individual um, and, and, and things like that. but. Uh, hopefully, um, you know, in three to four weeks, uh, he'll, he'll be at a point to where he can start taking full speed reps. And if he's able to do that, um, you know, maybe in the last half of the year, uh, he might get a chance to, to play a little bit, but he, but again, he's, he's right on schedule with where he's supposed to be. Um, you know, so it, it, and he's working hard to get there. All right. Thank you all very much. Y'all have a good weekend. Guys, thank be you. safe. See ya. That was Tennessee football coach Jeremy Pruitt. And, guys, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Appreciate everyone listening out there. As always, you can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. And Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. You can also find all of us on Twitter. If you just want Tennessee news and nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govoss247 or you can go to facebook.com slash govoss247 where we've got uh, mostly Tennessee news on there, also some SEC news and occasionally Titans, Preds, Grizzle, all that stuff, but mostly Tennessee news on there at facebook.com slash govoss247 and that gets updated all day long as do all of our Twitter feeds, tons of information there, but if you want to go directly to the source, you want that delicious East Tennessee Mountain Spring Water, just 
right from the source. You can go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets to get Tennessee athletics information, whether that's football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, baseball, uh, Lady Vols sports. Maria Cornelius does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us. You can get all of that there. And uh, we always have good deals to join the site. And it costs less than even at full price. We're talking less than one mediocre lunch per month. Less than one mediocre lunch, one average lunch per month. You can get all that information all day long, plus access to all of us on GoVols 24-7's Checkerboard, a great place, a water cooler of sorts with all the Tennessee fans out there in the world. Uh, and all, all of us, if you got a question that you don't want to ask for the podcast, but you want to ask us there, you can go on the board and you can do that. Or if you're sitting at home and quarantine and you just want to commiserate with everyone, you can also do that right there on GoVols 24-7's Checkerboard. All kinds of fun stuff going on all day long there. And if you pay us full price, guys, you get in perpetuity access, unlimited access to CBS All Access, which is CBS's streaming platform. You get everything in the CBS catalog, every show ever made, every show ever made by CBS, commercial free. You get new movies that come in and out every month. You get live sports, UEFA Champions League, uh, UEFA Europa League. Uh, You get NFL football. CBS obviously does SEC football. You get uh, NCAA basketball, March Madness, World Series of Poker stuff, all kinds of other sports going in. And out throughout the month, throughout the year, you also get everything, uh, tons of stuff from the Smithsonian catalog, from uh, from the Comedy Central catalog, BET, MTV, and you get Nickelodeon for the kids too. So... Uh, if, why not do it? If you're already paying for us, go ahead and take that. That's $100 plus annual value in your pocket for free, no questions asked. How many places you get that these days? Not many. So go take advantage of that. Go to GoVols247.com and we will point you in the right direction for all that. And lastly, please go in and hit uh, the subscribe button. Please rate and review this podcast and let us know what you think and let us know uh, what you want to hear going forward. If nothing else, guys, I think you'll hear from us probably on probably tomorrow, probably Sunday. I'll, I'll release some player audio that we got recently for some from some interviews, some good stuff there. And uh, then we'll be back, be back early in the week with all kinds of other stuff. See you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.